middle cough. Hey, 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 hey. You all right? You want that good Wi-Fi? No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Good? I, I, I didn't know exactly the angle I was going to take there, and I got caught up, and now I'm just, I like Tom Brady, but see, he has lost his voice. No, from all the from all the audibling? Yeah, I guess uh, they said he's not sick. He just occasionally loses his voice. The best, One of the best parts of being a quarterback is the quarterback audible voice, I think. You know, yeah. just getting to be the guy that does that. Like Screaming your voice people. is on, you know, like when we watch Chargers Raiders, Herbert and Carr's voices will be the voices you hear, like as much as you hear, you know, Brian Greasy. Or, oh yeah, because Manning's not even available. God damn it. So we got to watch those guys. Lewis, I love Man- The Manning should launch their own, like, you know what, fellas? We're just going live on Eli's YouTube channel. Huge. Well, you see, the Giants are piggybacking off that. They they realize this uh, this thing. Eli like, oh, we're starting show. a YouTube show with Eli. I'm like, yeah, that'll do okay. <laughs> this show is brought to you, sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. We're big fans of Tito's. We love Tito's, and uh, we think you will too if you haven't tried it. If you have, then guess what, John? You already know. Tito's Thursday. Tito's Thursday, and you also know what the weekend is. It's a Tito's weekend. And what we do on Tito's weekend, because there's a lot of sports, and whether you're watching college football on Friday or Saturday, whether you're watching the National Football League all day Sunday, just saw a stat, 78% of viewers that watch Fox in September watch football. Like, so 78% of their viewers were football viewers. That's where the majority. So college football and NFL football. Yeah. (laughs) So when you're watching football Saturday, Sunday, hell, even Monday, I know you Raider fans, Take me a picture of your Tito's. Link at Guy Haberman, at John Middlecoff, Twitter, Instagram, and just tag us with your drinks. Some of you guys, you start early Saturday morning. You got the, uh, you know, the tomato juice. I know you're making a little Bloody Mary. Not my style, but in the afternoon, you're going with a Tito's soda, Tito's LaCroix, T- uh, John Daly. Uh, t- t- you go Tito's margarita, you know, which we experienced yesterday. So you can get whatever you want. Uh, or make whatever you want. Just tag us in it. Tito's Tito's weekend, baby. Yeah, Tito's weekend. By the way, speaking of Tito's uh, weekends, oh, here's a little photo. I mean, we'll talk about Puesto later, but Tito's margaritas. We did margaritas with Tito's, and it was fantastic. Oh, you did. I I went with the uh, tequila just because I felt like you know I got to got to get that experience. But the vodka was fantastic. Um, the other thing, by the way, especially for those of you in the Bay Area, but you don't have to be in the Bay Area necessarily because Tito's. As, uh, as we've all learned, does a ton of charity work throughout the country. One of their big things, Tito himself, the man that, is, that invented it, yeah. Tito Beverage is the man's name. Yeah, never get, that'll never get old. No. And um, uh, he's, he's big. One of his big charity initiatives is uh, providing vegetables, fr- fresh fruits and vegetables to areas that have food deserts. So places where you, it, low-income places where it's hard for them to get to a grocery store, maybe you don't. Maybe a lot of people don't have cars, and it's hard to get fresh fruit and vegetables. So one of the things they do is they do community gardens where people can have access, and they're doing that in a couple weeks in South San Francisco. They Tito with uh, Tito's partners with this company called Urban Roots through their Block to Block Love Tito's program, and they're revitalizing something called the uh, Nelson Garden in South San Francisco. So if you are in the Bay Area, you're looking for a volunteer opportunity. Um, they don't have a ton of volunteer spots because um, uh, because it fills up, but Go to Urban Sprouts. I think I said Urban Roots. Urbansprouts.org. Urbansprouts.org to find out more. Just all about getting fresh fruit, fresh vegetables to areas where they're hard to access. 
And um, and Tito's is, uh, loves being a part of that. So that's one of their initiatives. Urbansprouts.org. You can find out more about volunteering for that if you're in the Bay Area. And if you're not, you can you can find out if there's volunteer opportunities um, in your area. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the great part about Tito's, obviously, they're the number one vodka in America, number one spirit in America. But, you know, it's, a, it's an individual that started this company and his value system, I think, aligns with with our value system. Just a good guy, you know. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes in business, you don't always get the opportunity to work with good people because you just don't really have an option. But uh, sure. we got very lucky to work with a, with a company with the value system of, uh, of Tito's Handmade Vodka. Yeah, we're going golfing with our guy. De- Devin's taking us golfing. Our guy Devin at Tito's yeah. taking us golfing next week. So we're looking forward to that, too. Karika, here we come. Um, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly, like John said. Uh, send us pictures of your Tito's. We are, we're recording this on a Thursday. If you're listening to the podcast, there's our YouTube channel in the description. If you're watching the YouTube podcast in the description, we got a, we'll do a mailbag for Friday. Mailbag returns. The yeah. mailbag is back. Yeah. You guys answered the bell. You played 60 minutes of football. That's what we asked for you to do. And you gave us more questions in iTunes. So just go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars, leave us a question, tell us your favorite bar. And, um, and we'll get that into the, into the mailbag for next week. Don't wait till the last minute. Because iTunes sometimes it takes like three days. They got to make sure you're not cussing or I don't even know what. But it takes a while sometimes for your comments to post. So get them in early for next week. Yep. Do it. And do it now. Leave a review. Also, you know, question, five star. You guys know the drill. Yeah. Well, some of you don't know the drill. Some of you are new. No, some of you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's You just- know, like this whole thing we learned, you know, that um, like what was the number? 50% of people that watch on YouTube aren't subscribed to the channel. So if you like watching it. Um, like David here on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We that's good. That helps. Yeah. It's already week four, guy. I mean, it's flying by. Yeah, week four, John. It used to be a quarter of the way there, but now it's like you know the season's broken up into quarters and one other. <laughs> well, I guess it's two others because you play eighteen weeks. Yeah. So I don't even know what. What you week break is the season it? into quarters and then another game, which that game gets broken into quarters like they all do. Is the uh, college football considered week four, or are they now to week five? Or did that week zero count? What do you consider it this weekend? Uh, I don't football? consider week zero, but it is uh, week five. But it is week five because college football started a week gotcha. before the NFL. Well, if you're a yeah, cow game, a go uh, wave at Haberman. He'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> only a handful of teams. So we got to figure out what our lock of the week is going to be this week. We have decided announcement. <laughs> dud of the week turned out to just be a dud. No one cared. We got bored with dud of the week. And so it's out, John. It's gone. We're not going to hang on to dead weight here. We're cutting, cutting it loose. I, I actually, it clicked in my head this morning. The philosophy on the dud of the week, we should have just gone, whatever the worst game is, we're going to take the team that's getting the points. Wouldn't that have been the right philosophy to do? Like, if you're going to take two shitty teams, wouldn't you just take the team that's getting the points? Like, thinking last week, yeah, I mean, why, all why the are we taking the favorites games. in the dud of the week? You know, know. It, was, it was dumb. It, it hit me and it pissed me off. But it's like, I don't want to bet on the Falcons. But it was, you, you got to take the emotion out of it. That's the key with gambling. Take the emotion out of it. So there's some really good ga- There are some games. I re- I think we've got some really good options for lock of the week this week. Uh, tell me if, you, if I'm missing any games as I lay these options out. Minnesota plus two at Cleveland or against Cleveland. I think that game's in Minnesota. Yeah. That was a game that we identified early. Mm-hmm. Dallas minus four and a half against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Kansas City minus seven at Philly, the house that Andy mm-hmm. rebuilt. Yeah. The Rams minus four against the Arizona Cardinals. Don't love that one as much as you do. Okay. And the Packers minus six and a half. They're playing Pittsburgh. 
that's got to be a pretty attractive game. And I'll throw in, even though I don't have any, I, I mean, I have interest in this game in terms of betting, but I don't, um, I think everyone's probably going to bet on the Patriots. Is that seven and a half at last check? I think everyone's going to bet on Tampa. I'm sorry, Tampa. I was just thinking of Brady. Everyone's going to bet on Brady, but here's my problem. I think that's the right bet, but I mean, Bill has been preparing his whole life for this, but the problem is Bill is preparing his whole life for this and he's got Mac Jones, a quarterback. Yeah. So anyway, anything you love in all of that, anything you really like there. Okay, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, where we gamble. My favorite bet of the week, and it has been, is Minnesota plus two. I just think they easily could be 3-0. and They've missed some kicks. They've just played well. Cleveland's coming off a really, really big win, just where they got a bunch of praise for just, basically it felt like they ended Matt Nagy's career, even though he didn't get fired. Like, they just put the nail in the coffin. Now he just has to play out the string. I, I just like the value here. At home, that place going skull, that place rocking. They're playing well. That's my favorite bet of the weekend. Minnesota, plus two. It was the first game that stood out to me. My question is, as we tend to in lock go, what's the best team against the worst team? Is Kansas City minus seven at Philadelphia? Uh, is Of those four teams, is Kansas City the best team of those four, and is Philly the worst team of those four? I'd yes. answer yes and yes, even though Kansas City's working through some stuff. Here's what just hit me. We had talked about before we got on the podcast, we're, you know, we we're going to take $400. What we've been doing is the uh, lock of the week, we put 300 The dud, we put 100 And I'm like, why don't we just split it up 200-200? Why don't we do this? Put 300 on the Chiefs and then put like our dud on Minnesota, but you want to take a money line or you just want to take the plus two? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I could see them winning the game. It just, to me, the plus two feels like fantastic value. But Yeah, it is good value. Would you like that? Would, would you feel strongly they're going to win the game? Uh, well, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I'd like them to win the game. Okay. I'm okay going money line. Isaiah on YouTube says, How about Dolphins minus two? Dolphins are at home against the Colts. That game's just weird to me. I don't like the feel of that game on either side. I, I no don't feel. either. <laughs> I think the bet would be plus two. Are the Colts really going to go 0 4? You know, are they just going to go down like a whimper? To me, uh, are they. Yeah, I, I mean, it feels like two. this is the time that most people would bet against the Colts. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from that. Okay, so I, I think we that was a very quick agreement here. Kansas City minus seven and Minnesota money line. Do you want to split it up 200-200 or you want to go heavier on Kansas City and just ride the blue chipper? Or do you want to parlay it? Um, well, <laughs> I, uh, huh? I, my, <laughs> thought, my, my thought is 200-200 just evens out our risk a little bit since we're trying to do us we're trying to get this thing that i feel like we've been a little herky-jerky we have not gotten our momentum going the niners pushing against the lions really just started us off on the wrong foot that's where i think just do what we've been doing 300 on the chiefs and just put a hundred dollars on minnesota because at the end of the day you cleveland is good i mean they're a playoff team it is that is somewhat risky like they are good you know yeah. kansas city that's our philosophy andy is coming home just fucking was in the hospital. They've lost a couple games. Like, I could see them trying to throw up, like, 50. Yeah. I would go bigger in that game okay. is the way I would think about it. Good. Convinced. Money line. Better team Minnesota, or you, you like the value plus two? I mean, I like the value, but yeah. if now we're going a little smaller there, so let's go money line. Okay. I'm in. Okay. There it is. My bookie.ag promo code ham <clears> number one. Should we place the bet today, or do you want to wait just in case? You never know. Get a positive or something. Mahomes out. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the question is, does that game get to, like, 
seven and a half or eight or nine. Yeah. What happens nine, there? but I'd, uh, let's do it early. I'll do it today. Okay. There is just risk involved when you do it early. Uh, you could jump in right. Would you have something else there? No. Uh, you can jump in right now as well on Sunday Night Football. I'm sure that's going to be a heavily bet game as it is right now. It's Bucks minus seven. How about Patriots plus 250 on the money line? The problem is the Bucks had just lost last week. Yeah. I'd have a hard time seeing that. But it would be pretty incredible if Belichick beat Brady. Even if Belichick never like makes the playoffs again, beating Brady at home would be a pretty big moment for him and the Belichick family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Tom, John, speaking of Tom, speaking of Tom Brady, <laughs> childhood 49er fan, a report, I already purchased Seth Rickersham's book. Uh, it hasn't come out yet, but I pre-bought it on Audible. I can't wait for this book. I don't know if, if anybody else is into it, but uh, I have a feeling a lot of people will be into the book. It's called It's Better to Be Feared. Mayoko had an excerpt of it. Eric Branch had a little more of an excerpt of it. It turns out that Tom Brady called Wes Welker and said, I want to come to the Niners. He basically put himself out there as the buy now button on eBay where you don't have to bid. Like on Amazon, it's just a one-click purchase, two years, $50 million, and I'm there. And uh, now a couple years removed from it, we know what came next. So we're going to play a little hindsight game here, and then we'll check ourselves a little bit and see if if, if hindsight is 250-50. But I do think what it – we can, I want to talk about that specifically. I do think what it represents, though, is the amount of pressure that's on Trey Lance. Not that Trey feels, but that everything does ride with him. If Trey Lance is not the answer quarterback for the 49ers, then the story of Kyle Shanahan's tenure will be how many times the Niners missed an exit on the road to quarterback purgatory. Sometimes – Decisions that were totally defensible at the time. Garoppolo over Cousins. N more defensible than not doing the due diligence on Deshaun or Mahomes in 2017 when they had the second overall pick. Thankfully, it meant they didn't do the due diligence on Trubisky, which could have been bad. This situation here, right? Passing on Tom Brady when he's throwing himself at you like, <laughs> like you've got the last plane ticket on, on Ja Rule's plane out of the fire Festival. Not getting Deshaun. Okay, would have been an L right now if you had. Not getting Stafford. Much like Brady, Shanahan was in Mexico at the time. Maybe stop going to Cabo. I don't know. Uh, not getting Rodgers, not your fault. Keep going to Cabo. Nothing wrong with that. Kyle loves going to Cabo. Everything bad happens when he's in Cabo. Have you I noticed that? I Twice now he's quarterback decisions made in Cabo. So now he's got this incredible piece of clay to work with. And if it works out, then great. But if it doesn't, you know, we can go through the context now. But history will not remember this this moment in time kindly. Do you think it's a coincidence that all these uh, the book release is happening this week? Or that was set up. Is it this week? I thought it was like in two weeks. Yeah, but he's been doing the ESPN like they've been leaking. Yeah, stuff. not a coincidence. No. It, listen, I, I I think anything in life when you look back upon time, we just forget the way we felt at the time. So if you. It, whether it's sports, whether it's relationship-based, whether it's a purchase in life, it's so easy to go, I should have done this in 2017. Well, it's easy to say where you're sitting almost in 2022. It's human nature. We all do it all the time. We all get these feelings about different things. I, I think it's, it's not, you know, this isn't 
like this situation happens in sports a lot because you had so many what ifs. If I would have, it happens a lot with the draft. But this situation was pretty unique. I mean, he was going to leave the Patriots. He had not played well that year. And listen, it seems way more normal now that, oh yeah, he's 44, he'll probably just win another Super Bowl and he'll have multiple Super Bowls with the Tampa Bay Bucks. That was not what people were saying at the time. He's 15 years older than Jimmy. Yeah, but, you know, at one point in time, they were together and he was going to be get replaced by Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm on your, I'm to, to your point, in theory, Garoppolo has like, three or four more contracts before he's Tom's age, right? If, if he was what they thought they would. Yeah. <laughs> they had just made the Super Bowl. And Jimmy, you know, looking back, it's just when you're in it and you make the Super Bowl, like I, I defended him. I know you did too. A lot of people did. did. It probably, if you truly watched it, might have been a little less defensible if you were like an outsider watching the Niners. Maybe we were too close to the sun. If people who didn't, <laughs> people who attacked him were right. Yeah. And ultimately, they made a decision that wasn't that crazy. You and I defended it. Most people I know, I'm on text change with season ticket holders, are like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Now, looking back, it does feel fucking nuts. Absolutely insane. Wait, you could have traded Jimmy Garoppolo because his, you know, his stock was at an all-time high. Maybe not a one, but even then, maybe you get like a two and a three, and you get Tom Brady for cheap. It costs $50 million. But it's easy to play that game now, and it's it's really not fair. I will be critical of Kyle on to not watch Deshaun and Mahomes to me is crazy. To uh, the quarterback situation, the way they traded up, that is a TBD. You know, see how that thing plays out. But the Tom Brady situation is going to be, it's going viral. It did today, right? That comment, everyone mm-hmm. on my timeline making fun of him. Because you read it, you're like, whoa. He was like, hey, Wes. I won't take another fucking visit. I'll sign tomorrow, basically. <laughs> I mean, How about Wes? Like getting one of the greatest calls in the history of the NFL transaction market. It can't be disputed that it reads nuts. When well, you read it, it reads I, crazy. I, I, yeah, and it, again, what I'm saying is your con- your context that you just gave is 100% accurate. He did not look good the year prior. As Jermaine on YouTube says, did y'all forget how bad the Niners O-line looked? Brady would have gotten killed behind them. Maybe he would have. You know, where, you know where I think it happens a lot is when you read that story of so-and-so was a top, you know, one of the first five employees at Apple. And if he would have held on to a stack stock, he'd be worth, you know, $17 billion. Yeah, the guy that sold his, his, his stock for $1,000, that guy. But, but he sold it all. At the time, though, I bet that guy would tell you in any situation, hey, I needed the money. Hey, no one thought this. Hey, it's... It seems insane 20 years later or five years later or two years later. But For at sure. the time, if I would have known that, obviously I wouldn't have done it. So yeah, it's easy maybe to send his kid to college with that $1,000. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, you're, it's right, what you're saying is right. What I'm saying is that if it doesn't work with Trey, then this story will live forever. Well, if it doesn't because work with Trey, happened- it's going to derail Kyle's career. Well, exactly. And, and, and so, again, this this Brady thing will be part of the history of – all of these things that I'm mentioning. Now, again, some of these are totally out of their control. The Rams don't want to trade them, Stafford. That's out of their control. The Rams did a relationship, or the Lions did a relationship deal. Out of their control. Rodgers wasn't getting traded. Out of their control. But one thing one thing that's crazy, though, is they've had one... Sean McVay wanted to make one move, and he got it done. 
he hasn't like missed on all these. Like there's no like, you know, well, Sean tried to get this guy, tried to get this guy. No, he just wanted to get rid of Jared Goff and he got fucking Matt Stafford. But just like Kyle, he had a relationship trade at quarterback. No, for, no, for sure. Jimmy I, was not. a relationship. Jim, the way Jimmy got gifted to them, Stafford got gifted to the Rams. Just happened you got gifted. You would you wanted. It's like one of those things you open a present. You're like, oh, I like my present. And then the person next to you opens a better present. You're like, oh, how come they got that? Yeah. I wanted that. You know, they didn't both get the same color hoodie for Christmas. No. So now, now here, the one people that say, like, have you seen the Niners offensive line? You do understand Tom gets rid of the ball in rapid speed. Absolutely. And yeah. what, what I question is he went to an older coach who at first they were kind of not butting heads, but philosophically last year, they weren't on the same page. And then eventually he kind of just capitulated to Tom's demands and implemented the Brady offense. And they, since then have kicked ass and taken names. Did you see what he said this week? That he stole the offense that the Patriots stole their offense. They were running our stuff. So uh. (laughs) I, I don't know if Kyle and Tom would have 100% worked because Kyle's still trying to prove himself. Aaron's has nothing to prove, right? Aaron's 67 years old, heart troubles. You know, he's won a he's Super Bowl as an assistant his, coach. Yeah, his whiskey. Yeah, I, I I don't think it would have been as smooth. Now, that if it didn't, that would be a reflection on Kyle. And who knows? Maybe it, maybe it would have gone fine. But do you think that what if, would Kyle have mandated that Tom would just run his offense? What if Tom wanted to run other parts of his offense? Um, You know, I. Uh, he might have, but I also think Kyle does the whole cliche of put your playmakers in position to make plays. I don't think he tries to, he tries to do like he does. Tom's not a great scheme fit in the offense moving around, right? No, no, they would, he would have had to make some changes, but again, he made changes for RG three. If you're willing to make changes for RG three, you'll make some changes for Tom Brady. But I would say this, the, uh, the core tenets of the offense are the boot and the wagon. It did fit right. Yeah. Because I do understand mobility. where Kyle goes. Like, I don't really see this. You know, this is working. That might he, have been part of it because they weren't the only ones. The 49ers weren't the only ones that said, nah. This Ra- is- Ra- Raiders passed. Yeah, well, their guy might be the MVP this year. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying at the time, no one right. would have been like, would you rather have Tom Brady or Derek Carr? Yeah, right. At that time, they made that decision too. You're right. And- but Tom's still better than Derek Carr right now. You know? <laughs> Now, yeah, he, the, he Well, he threw 40 touchdowns last year, as many as Russell, <laughs> second only to the Rodgers, and he leads the league in touchdowns now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you expect him to just have a huge game Sunday night? I, You know, I have a... I don't account him out for anything, but I do have a ton of respect for Belichick. And just... these indivi- An individual game doesn't prove anything necessarily, but anything can happen in an individual game. What would you guess the get-in price is for this bad boy? It's Have you hard seen any numbers? I yeah, I don't know what their tickets normally cost, but get-in seventeen. That seems too high. You're get right. In, it's it's hard eight. to gauge. Like their tickets, you get in right now for two fifty. But is that the cheapest ticket? Uh, I mean the Raiders Charger tickets two two hundred. But then like the like a high level ticket would be like Eagles Chiefs is on the higher end for the rest of the weekend, and that's a hundred hundred dollars. So the ticket to get in the Patriots is more than two X what the next highest is, not counting SoFi and the Raiders. That's kind of unique too, right? Given the Raiders have a bunch of fans in LA, yeah. the new stadium, high price in LA. But I think I, there's not another storyline in the NFL that comes. No, no, no. But my point is, if the Patriots this week were playing. 
Denver or Atlanta, I, you probably get in for 80 bucks, right? Yeah. Honestly, the 240, I expected way higher. Because well, I remember. Number was, yeah, I said 850. Well, because the Ravens Raiders game, Monday Night Football, week one, I remember doing the same exercise, and I thought it was like $800. For Vegas, you know, the first time Vegas had fans. I just, mm-hmm. th- I thought it would be minimum like 500, but certain areas in the country, maybe there's just not as much. Like, people just aren't going to pay $500 to see Tom Brady. It's like, guys, I fucking, even if I had the money, I'd be like, I saw Tom Brady play 17 times, you know, over 20 years. You could argue also their so team, much their more- team is the Patriots. Their team's not that good right yeah. now. It makes sense, I guess. You can get into the Cardinal Los Angeles game for 70 bucks. Really? Yeah, that seems a pretty good deal. You get into the Niner game for 85. Now, these okay. are seats probably at the top, and it's not a great view, but that's not terrible. I mean, Brady's going to break Drew Brees' record on Sunday night. Yeah. He's 68 gonna, yards away. Are they going to stop the game? Yes. I mean, how, it's... Yeah, well, so they, like, ha- they, ha- what they if have he to do it there. They have to. What if he? It's hard. I, like I would to me, what would be ideal? What would be the most awkward is like he breaks it during a two-minute drill at the end of the first half, <laughs> and then Belichick stop. Then they stop the game and like screw the Bucks' momentum. Like to me, what happens if the Bucks are trying to move with pace and they stop the game? Yeah, see, I don't think Tom will want to stop the game that way. No, he, he won't. won't. But he, but well, he won't stop like some, the, But he won't stop the game. Belichick comp- conspiracy, they're going to try and stop the game on Tom, and Tom's not going to want the game stopped because he's going to try and go no huddle. Well, you can't. To me, you can't stop the game if Tampa doesn't want to stop the game, like in the middle of the game. No. That's not allowed. No, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but what I'm saying is things happen. Yeah. You know, Mangini, apparently, you know, man, did you see the, the Mangini and Belichick fought? Yeah, he like wasn't being nice to his wife, and then Mangini started screaming at him at a dinner or something. Stormed across the room. <laughs> Belichick, I guess, was asked about that, and he called it bullshit. Yeah, he lied. He said it's not true. But I, I tweeted out last night, I'll never forget. And I don't have vivid memories of everything. Our combine suite with the Eagles was always right next to the Patriots, and ours was like, ordering hoagies and eating and everyone drinking and it was light like Harbaugh's would stop by and Andy all Andy's buddies would stop by and it'd be like oh grab some caramel popcorn we always had a lot of food in there it was light that the tension five feet away in that other suite way more people in ours I mean we have seven million people on staff they have like five total coaches Belichick couple of little Belichick's Casario, I mean, that place looked miserable, guy. That is tight. Because one of Wickersham's thing is, that's a miserable building. And Tom was tired of the misery. And you just see Bill, Bill is a miserable SOB. You know, Tom wants to win this game bad, but I also think Tom probably would love playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Which, obviously, the Niners at this moment in time are not trending to that. But just when you think about well, that Tom thing. Tom couldn't, couldn't play in the Super Bowl. I mean, the conference championship game, sorry. Um, or just at some point in the playoffs, which could happen. He would, the, the thing where Wickersham writes to go to the state, to play for the team, he used to go to games with, so his parents could walk. What is the state? So his parents could walk to the stadium again? That doesn't make sense. But so his parents could walk to his home again, maybe? I Whatever think it, it is like. It would have been really easy for his parents, right? To get a suite. That would have been a thing. Well, it's not just a football thing for Tom, it's a life thing. Like, I'm going to go move by my parents. That's yeah. what the Niners did when they said no to Tom Brady. They kept him from move. They kept him from moving. 
his parents, grandchildren close to them. I'm being a little dramatic, but like that's why Tom wanted it. Yeah. Not just because he grew up a Niner fan, but because it was going to full circle his life. Who are the First other kids? family. Huh? I was going to say that's Julian Edelman, but Julian Edelman wasn't even born. That picture is from like 1979. Is right? the kid in blue a ninja? Is that what that kid is? Or is he... Uh, is he, he even dressed up? Is he just cold? Is he? Is that a face mask he's wearing there? <laughs> yeah, it's just a. It's a pre-COVID nineteen eighty one. Already ready. You can't really tell. For those of you listening, we've got a photo of young Tom Brady in a, a Joe Montana. But let me get rid of this thing. Tom is. I don't know who is in the um, the skeleton outfit, but they're holding hands. But which you did as a kid, you know, you hold anybody's hand. Yeah, could be a sister. Could be a sister. Could be a sister. Yeah, maybe they're about to cross yeah. the street. Little kids like to hold hands. They're in a parking lot. The helmet uh, looks like it's a real helmet. They're, like they're at candle. They're a candlestick there because you can see the parking lot. You know, the yeah. Right. Is that what? It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were going. The to Niners it. tweeted this photo out back like 2015. That's where oh. this photo came. From. I was like, damn, they just did that. It's kind of bold. No, no, no. <laughs> Tom will always be. Uh, we we appreciate our fans, including Tom Brady. <laughs> it would have. I mean, chances that it worked. They would have been in the playoffs last year with Tom Brady. I mean, just that simple. They would have been a playoff team. I mean, it just would have been a playoff team. Uh, Eric Branch pulled this quote from the book, John. The Niners coaching staff had quiet doubts about Garoppolo even before the Super Bowl, feeling that it took an inordinate amount of energy to get his head ready for the game and that he per perhaps lacked Brady's extreme drive for excellence, Wickersham wrote. Wait, who? Wait, say that. I, I, you lost me. All right. Excerpt from the book from Seth Wickersham's book. The 49ers coaching staff had quiet doubts about Garoppolo even before the Super Bowl. Oh, oh. Feeling that it took an inordinate amount of energy to get his head ready for game day and that perhaps he lacked Brady's extreme drive for excellence. Some of the building felt that Shanahan was too hard on Garoppolo, causing him to play tentatively. The coaches liked Garoppolo personally, so did his teammates, enough to elect him captain, but Shanahan was open to the idea of an upgrade. Yeah. That's not the greatest, uh, you know, uh, uh, commitment to a guy questioning if he could get ready for game day. That's pretty Mentally, nuts. Like, yeah. How about now? Here's what I would say. To, the thing that jumps out to me there is that he perhaps lacked Brady's extreme drive for excellence. Yeah. Most guys lack Brady's extreme drive for excellence. Yeah. I mean, Brady's on the short list of like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Like, what are we talking about here? Now, I do like, does he struggle to get in the right frame of mind to play on Sunday? Or did he a couple years ago and they didn't like that? Like, that's not just a throwaway comment. No, but part of a coach's job, right, is to understand John, I motivate John this way. I motivate Guy this way. They're different. One thing coaches used to tell me on the Raider staff was Derek early on, I think he's gotten a lot better at this, would get so hyped. Do you remember like 15 and 16, the first couple series in a Derek Carr game, he would overthrow guys, and they always thought that he was so amped up. And as a quarterback, you actually got to be – like that's – to me, that one of Tom's greatest strengths is he can do that run out the tunnel, the let's fucking go, button heads. But then when the game, he's like zen again. You know, so he can get up, but then he can get laser focused, which it's pretty incredible. Most guys like you have to kind of keep an it's it's one thing to be a well, pass rusher. It's another thing to be a quarterback and not get too amped up, because ultimately, like a five yard route, I have to put touch on it. I you can't know who be just, like, Ugh! you know, who just said that? Did you see the thing? Um, was it during the the FedEx Cup um, that Patrick Cantlay was talking about Tiger Woods? Uh, Patrick no. Cantlay at some point was talking about Tiger Woods, and he was saying the crazy part about Tiger is how fired up he could get 
and then immediately be be straight with flatline. He's like, my problem is that if I got fired up like that, I would not be able to then have the focus I needed to hit the putt. But yeah. Tiger could like, ah, and then be locked in. He's like, that's the crazy part to him. And this, this is what you're talking about. I was listening to uh, one of the golf guys wrote a long article on Rory. And he was talking, I think his name's Kyle Porter. He works for CBS. And, and Rory was telling him a couple years ago, he's like, you know, the craziest part about Tiger, he's like, when I was young, I was playing with him. And he'd already won 15 majors or whatever. And he's like, every single round, he played the same. He would never, if the pin didn't call for going at it, Tiger would lay up. He would play really conservative. And I would think, what the fuck? What, why aren't you just balls to the wall? Who even cares? But he's just wired, like, even after a sweet eagle. The next hole, if it called for laying up, Tiger would lay up. He was just methodical because that's how he knew how to dominate. No different than Tom. Like, his greatest attribute, Dilfer hammers this all the time with, like, the Bradys and the Mannings. They have no problem dumping it off every single play to go on a 17-play drive and beat you. Where most, And that's the thing that people are doing right now to the Chiefs. They're putting that, you know, two-shell where they're like, hey, man, we're not going to let you go deep, and we don't think that you will just throw the check down all game long. Because you'll and get bored. And it's hard for him. Where Tom yeah. and Peyton will just like dump off, dump off, dump off, dump off, dump off, dump off. Most quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick, go, shit, I can make this throw, goddammit. Woof! <laughs> and then it's like a tip ball pick. They get bored. You you expect you your 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 cliffs and your Sean's and your Kyle's and your Arians, right? It's really and like and your Andy's, right? You get bored. Yeah, you get bored. <clears throat> And quarterbacks get bored. See, I think what makes the Brady and the Manning the best of the best, and even Rodgers falls under this category too. I think he's turned into this as a player. I guess he's always he's really been accurate and doesn't turn the ball over that much. He goes, I'm going to make you guys change. Eventually, you're going to give in and be like, fuck it, just bring some of these safeties up, and then it'll hit you, right? I, you think I'm going to crack? No, you're going to crack, <laughs> right? Right. And and maybe Pat and you know and Andy just like yeah whatever keep playing that show we'll eventually beat you deep. Well, it's a very boxing attitude, right? Yeah. It's like, can you if you're fighting a patient boxer stay patient the whole time? That's hard. Well, most think about most people in football in the sport of football, alpha male is aggressive, right? Even if you're a defensive coach and they're known as being conservative on offense, but most defensive coach like Mike Zimmer. Old school defense. He's known for blitzing. Like double A gap blitz is like his go-to thing, right? Blitzing. Go take like, what's so, mine. So in his mind, is he's a yeah. knockout guy. Yeah. But they just like, there's this huge, the chess match of coaching. That's what makes Kyle fascinating, right? Because he's the run game guy, but really he's setting up for a big play that he can scheme open to get an easy touchdown. So it's all, it's really what makes football the best. The, the coaching aspect of it and the, the quarterback is an extension of the coach on the field. Someone's going to give in. If you can't, if like, I can't just, if some teams are so much better than another team on a given week, I can just overpower you, power you and it doesn't matter. But when we're both really good, it's a true chess match, right? When Brady and man, when the Colts and the Patriots play, it's like, well, something's going to give. Well, you know how everyone on the sidelines is always doing this. I was talking to Bill Musgrave the other day. Yeah. I was asking, asking him to explain some football. And he said, it's as simple as this. Football is a chess match between the safeties and the quarterback. That's where it starts. The safeties and the quarterback. Can your quarterback figure out what the safeties are doing? Can your safeties disguise safety? Because I, I don't quite understand. Because well the safeties give away the coverage. Safeties give away the coverage. I heard Brandon Staley today talking about how they try to make, like their whole defensive philosophy is let's, we try to make it all look like zone. Again, I heard a clip of it and I'm 
Brandon Staley, I might be misrepresenting some of it, but basically what he was saying is we, we want it to look like something that it's not. So we make it look like zone. And then you don't really know what people's responsibilities are necessarily, but he was talking about the state. He was talking about his safeties. Anyway. Cause the corners are always lining up over the wide receivers, right? It's not like the corners ever like with his hand in the dirt or by the line. Oh, right, 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 the corners right, right. always in the same spot. Yeah. The safeties. Now you can get a corner to show if you bring a guy in motion, right? That's why a lot of teams bring the motion. So if you follow, I know if you pass it on, you go zone. But well, even Brandon Staley, Staley, as Brandon Staley said, my wife at home can tell you if they're in man, if we send somebody, if they send somebody in motion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he said that. Yeah. It's like, damn. Good relationship there. I know. All right. Niners Seahawks this week. This is, this is, this is, God, I love, this is one of the great rivalries in sports going, John, and has been for a while now. The winner of this game will be allowed to breathe just a little bit. I think that's the simplest way. The first thing, the big headline to me on this game is both teams are just have a little chest tightness at the moment. Well, I, I, I do think Seattle is way more on the line. You start one and three, which would mean the Niners would be three and one and they beat you. Whoever wins the other game would be, I mean, would be undefeated, right? And you'd be one and three. They would be big behind the eight ball. It's crazy because the Niners are coming off a pretty gut-wrenching loss where, let's face it, they didn't play that well. They were lucky to even make it that close. So they have a lot of urgency just to play better. And really, beside, you know, a couple quarters in the Lions game, and just a physicality in the Eagles game, but I don't think, like, they've played high-level football that they have a lot to, you're going to lose back-to-back home games to start the season. Seattle's going to start one and three. Like, at the end of the day, the Arizona Rams game, whoever loses, unless they have a major injury in that game, it's not that big a deal, right? You'll be three and one. You've played pretty well. You'd be like, our one loss is to a division rival that's undefeated. It's going to age pretty well, especially if the game's within like 10 points. This game, we will have some strong takes after the game on the loser. If it's Seattle, it's like, I wouldn't count them out, but they are fucking way behind the eight ball. If it's the Niners, you go, well, they've played two good teams now, and they've lost both of the games. So how could we call them a playoff team currently constructed? I, yeah. I couldn't. No, it, it's to me, the, the, the Packers game is like two different things. It was a heartbreaking loss for them. But more so to me, the takeaway was you guys couldn't, why did you look so bad? Like yeah. if they lost, if they had lost like that, let's say the game had been reversed. The way the Packers played was the way the Niners played. And the Packers drove and took the lead with a minute left. And the Niners didn't have a game-winning drive. The Packers just won. You'd walk away and go heartbreaking loss, but look pretty good. Like you could th- yeah. like the Packers are going to be able to live with that loss. Yeah. Right? Cuz they got their best players, two best players rolling, right? But this is and and again, this is like same deal here uh on on uh on YouTube, Russell Wilson, Floor 9, Bloodline. Russell Wilson lives in our head rent-free. He's the fucking boogeyman to us. Russell Wilson has beat the Niners more than he's beaten any other team. Russell Wilson is 15-4 and four against the 49ers in his career, including the postseason. He's 10-7-1 and one against Arizona. He's I feel like eight, the Card- Cardinals play Seattle well. He's 8-11 and 11 against the Rams. He is 15 and four against the 49ers. That's pretty wild stat. I didn't, I guess I knew it because we talked about it last year. Yeah, but. but this, but this could be pretty, like to your point, it's, it'd be significant to lose. It'd be really significant to win given 
that you could put Seattle at one and three, and you and you take advantage of the home game that you play against them. Well, don't they play the Rams then on Thursday night football? Seattle? Well, yeah. Then the, then these teams play each other next week. So the, the Rams the Cardinals. or Cardinals, one of those teams is going to be three and one. One of them will lose. One of them will be four now. So if 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 the Niners beat Seattle, they can they can win next week. The worst they could be is second place in the NFC West. You'd be in really good shape. Yeah, and and let's face it, guy. Even if they win this week, let's say the Cardinals lose, and you're getting them at three and one. There's a lot on that game because if they beat you, then you're they're four and one with a win over you, right? Like these next two weeks are really really big. <laughs> I mean, they, Isn't they just it funny are. the way we talk about like a two week stretch. It's like if you could just split. Yeah, but then you win the first game and you don't talk about a split anymore. Well, you don't talk split when you're thinking playoffs against division no, opponents. No, that's right. When you're a really good team, you don't talk splits. You don't talk splits. But you like, could be. You could also, if you're going to talk win both, you got to acknowledge lose both is on the table too. Well, yeah. I mean, I I do not feel great about this game. Right? I couldn't bet if I was going to be unemotional and bet on this game. I would take Seattle plus two and a half. It's two and a half. Yeah. I mean, I know you just said that, but I'm just saying that's what this is. Two and a half. And in some ways, it feels like too much. We'll see, you know, if Lockett's won. If if you tell me Lockett's healthy with DK, I mean, it's just a tough matchup for the Niners. Remember last year, I, you just never forget that DK touchdown where he, like, ran by everybody. He was so fast. It feels like the Niners are even slower this year than they were last year. No pass rush. You're right. I mean, he's not just the boogeyman. He One, he's just a fantastic player. And two, he, his just best games consistently. I, Dame Lillard and CJ were kind of like this with the Warriors. Now, they don't beat the Warriors at the rate in which Russell beats the Niners, but they have had a ton of just 40, 50 point games where it's like, these guys are incredible. And Russell, you know, I would be shocked if he doesn't throw three touchdowns. So boom, they're already in the 20s, right? Is, I mean, does Jimmy have a couple touchdowns in him? Do, 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 yeah, I mean, their secondary's the not great. Is is, uh, is Kerry Hyder, Khalil Mack back this week? I saw is Kerry Hyder was mispracticed a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, he uh, has a concussion. On Wednesday dealing with a concussion i mean they're they look the seahawks have not they turned out they beat the colts and but i don't think you can go week to week like oh it turns out that team sucks so you don't get credit they for were, that win. they were kicking the titans ass and they were yeah, beating minnesota they have not played a complete football game no but most teams don't but, play complete football games but their half football games are, are better than the niners half football games other than the niners half lions game yeah it doesn't even count that's why they call these football games, John, not football halves. Good point. You got to play 60 minutes. Good point. It's all about playing 60. You got to play four quarters of football. Put your fours in the air. So, uh, yeah, it'll – I don't think you have to play a perfect game to beat Seattle, even though it always feels like with these Niners Seahawks games coming in, like you got you to gotta be perfect. And then it turns out like crazy, a bunch of crazy stuff, weird stuff happens. So I don't think you have to be perfect, but – they better get more of a pass rush than they've had. And Russell historically is like scrambles around, right? So it's just. Sharon says, you guys sucking off a one and two Seahawks team. Steve says Seattle giving up 440 yards a game. Shanahan has no excuses. I agree. The offense, like the Jimmy, I, I'm tired of acting like Jimmy's playing well. He makes a couple good plays. When have we been, been acting? But we haven't been. No, acting I'm just time. saying like Kyle saying this. Maybe just Kyle saying this. Like, let's just Jimmy's got to play a good game. Trying to get his head right. Because if he doesn't play a good game, yeah, I mean, that's part of coaching tactics. If he doesn't play a good game, like it's 
you're so not going to be Trey Lance in a muscle well, game against the Cardinals. No, but I'm just saying you're not going to be able to make the playoffs with no, this I Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I know. Look, I, it's they. They're this is a real situation they got right. So now. all of a sudden, you had a year where Trey didn't get to play. Jimmy was not good, and you missed the playoffs. Like what got accomplished? Well, if Jimmy's not good, and you missed the playoffs. If Trey does play later in the season. I don't know how much longer you can wait. Yeah, time's ticking. If you lose this week, you, you depending on how it looks. Yeah, you're not going to play him against Arizona. But you could you're play not him out that, of the bye. Which is what we kind of had talked about at the beginning of the year. Because to me, you can't the question then becomes, and this will be a conversation if if we get there, but so you're saying he's two and three starting out of the bye if they yeah, lose the next question, two weeks? Well, the question I think is if there's still a sliver of playoff hope, does that mean you stay with Garoppolo or does that mean you go? We got to change something. Maybe last ditch effort. Trey Lance can get us to the playoffs, right? What is? How does Kyle? I, my my gut is his first reaction is if there's a sliver, we stick with Jimmy. But it depends how Jimmy looks. Well, the, the way he's looked, I mean, and they keep losing. You just you're not gonna. Have a Here's choice. the other thing. There's no like we just. I I don't assume health. The situation could also force itself. I don't yeah, know. He, he got kicked in the shin last week. Jimmy did. Well, on that tripping play, he tripped. I didn't realize before they showed the replay that he got tripped. I thought he turned his ankle or something. Yeah, it was a good trip. I got caught. Yeah. You know, but. All right, we had a hell of a day yesterday. We did. We had a hell of a day yesterday, John, because we went and saw our friends, our friends, our friends, friends. at Puesto in Concord. Now, you can go see Puesto in Concord. You can go see Puesto in Santa Clara, you can go see Puesto in Southern California. You can go see Puesto at not one, but two different Puesto locations in Levi's Stadium. These are margaritas we're drinking if you're watching the YouTube. The tacos, uh, there's a picture John took of. We're going to go through our Puesto photo album. John took a picture from the parking lot outside. It was huge. It was the shopping center in Concord. was awesome. Uh, it's sweet. Yeah. I don't go there enough. Uh, here's pictures of your tacos. Don't let that, what, you're like, what is that? That is melted cheese oh, over, one's filet mignon, yeah, the other one was uh, was carne asada, mm-hmm. and then the in the middle is just the the shrimp, uh, the shrimp which was fantastic. Yeah. That I also got the uh, quesadilla, which was the short rib, which How was, was incredible. Oh. I, I knew this place looked good. Like, you know, we've been talking to the owners, you go to the website, that food is the real deal, and we both posted pictures did you see the responses from people like, oh, my God, that place is so fire. Oh, my God, that yeah. place lives up to the hype. It is legitimately bomb. Like, it's we're not just – I mean, they're paying us to say this, but then we put our – we went there and ate elite, elite. I, the, the responses were either that place looks great or John looks skinny. Those were the two responses. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a good angle. Yeah. Slenderkoff, says Brandon. It's, honestly, it's a great – if you live in the East Bay, it would be a really good place to take a date, take your wife. Oh, it's take a couple cool. buddies, go hang out. Yeah. I mean, the bar setup is fantastic. You're right. the The restaurant is enormous, and they were telling us was it Devin telling us that the restaurant in Santa Clara is even way bigger. Yeah, though Devin works for Tito's, he just came with us because he loves <laughs> Puesto. We, we, we yeah. our worlds collide in a great yeah. way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Eric and Alex took care of us, which was great. The people there took care of us. They were awesome, and uh, we ordered a ton of food. The uh, did we get the taquitos, which were like. The size of uh, hammers. I mean, they were huge. They were bomb. Fantastic. Puesto, ton of taco options. Um, the the signature Mexican Mexico. I do that every time. Mexico City style crispy melted cheese. That's gotten award after award. 
Uh, I don't eat awards, John, but I eat food and it gets my my tummy award for delicious. Yes, it's uh, the tortillas made in house daily. The we went with the um, what's the, the 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 big guac, which has like these chunks. Oh, <laughs> these chunks of uh, 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 cheese, uh, cheese. Yeah, but it's uh, what's the Parmigiano Reggiano? Yeah. Uh, so get that one. I, I can't. I can't recommend this place enough. If you have a puesto, obviously, if you live in South Bay, if you live in East Bay, you should go. If you are in Southern California, you should go. And if you at the 49ers, get a taco. Yeah, uh, Joseph here on YouTube says going to the Huntington Beach location on Friday. So section, did you say this already? 110, 129. 110, 129. Or if you're going to Petco. Petco, yeah. Well, yeah, they're coming down the home stretch. I know, it's the end. <laughs> really thought they were going to pull it off. Well, Bochy will be there next year. That's true. <laughs> um, what are, They got the, the quesabiria taco, which is the one that I had that you, the Bray Short would highly recommend. The asada, the tamarindo shrimp. They don't have the same tacos at all at both stands in Levi's. Obviously, you can get their full menu wherever you go. Um, the margaritas, we actually, you and Devin did a Tito's sub on a couple of them. Then you went with the, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tequila? Not, not yet. Tequila. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I had the mango. You had the uh, perfect puesto. It was all very yeah, good. It was good. Yeah. It's fantastic. Go check them out. Thanks to them for the hookup. Whoop, uh, whoop. Also, hey, go get in our DraftKings game. Uh, maybe we can make a lineup here. It's in the link. If you're watching the YouTube, it's in the link. Thank you. Tequila is the word I was looking for. It's in the link in uh, the podcast or the YouTube. Put a lineup together. Again, fake lineup here yeah. for me. Um, 10 bucks to enter. First place gets 450 Top 10 people place. And um, get in our league. So just join. Use the code HAM when you sign up for your shot at millions of dollars of prizes. It's always at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app. Promo code HAM. Easy to do. You can play in other games. Golf games, NBA games, baseball games. Obviously, football every week. We got a big thing going. Get in our league. And then you're automatically invited to play every week. Uh, link down below. If you're listening to this podcast, link is in the podcast. If you want to join and play in our game. $10 to enter. Again, download the DraftKings app. Promo code AM. Really easy to do. Let's roll, I, baby. I, I just pulled up our lead, the Haberman and Middlecoff League all-time leaderboard because it's been going for over a year now. We have, let's see the, the winningest people. So Fred21. Fred has played in 41 contests. One win, but he's made eighteen, almost $1,900. <laughs> is he a it, ringer? Like, who, who is this guy? He's played seven times, so he's had some big places. BCM, this person actually tweeted at us the other day, so I know they're a legit listener. 39 contests played, $1,300 won. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on this Fred character. That's that's fishy. He's making two grand. Uh, so, see, what's funny, so I'm I'm in, in money, I'm whatever, like 12th. I bet you are... No, I'm not. In I bet you in in points are pretty high. I've never yeah, you're eighteenth all time in points. Forty six yeah, games <laughs> played, two hundred bucks made. That, Your but, yards per carry are low. I you know what sucks though, guy? It's like I, I have a lot of yards in a game, but I don't score that many yeah, points. Yeah, you, you know, it's you, like, you, okay, yeah, you he th- he's like Jameis on the Bucks. Like he throws all these yards. Who cares? I want the, the money, guy. I baby want zone. the money. Baby zone. You want to be good in the baby zone. All right, uh, next up. I tweeted today to see if people knew, and people do know. People are aware of this game. I said there's a sneaky big game in the NFC this week. Do you know what it is? 
And a lot of people got it right. The answer is, I mean, there's a lot of good games, but the answer is Carolina-Dallas. Because Carolina, if they win, is 4-0. And I think if Carolina's 4-0, it's going to be pretty hard for them not to win at least 10 games, which doesn't guarantee you the playoffs in the NFC. But if they're 4-0, that means they just got to go 6-7. and They're a 10-win team. So they could get yeah. to 11, right? And if that happens, if they get to 4-0, now all of a sudden you got you to start wondering, for as good as we think the NFC West is, with the potential of three teams making the playoffs, the NFC South could take one of the NFC West's wildcard spots because Tampa's going. We'll see with New Orleans. Well, they're but, playing the Giants. They're going to be three and one. Like they're yeah. going to win some games. They're not so, going away. Now, even if you think Carolina's overrated or Starnold or is their defense really? They haven't played anybody. If they beat Dallas, they're four and zero. It doesn't matter to Dallas because the NFC East is a one-team division anyway, right? Do you like Carolina this weekend? I think they lose. No, I do not. I actually Dallas was going to be one of my is one of the games I really like. Dallas is only four and a half. I think I've got to adjust my take. I think Dallas is just flat better than I thought they were going to be. I, I think Dallas is flat better. I also think Carolina, like Christian McCaffrey is the best player on the team. He's injured, and he's going to be out a while. They also lost their star cornerback, Horn, to a broken foot. Now they made the trade for C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson wasn't available just because like they're resetting the franchise. He didn't show up at training camp. Like He, was in, he had his own issues going on. I, I actually have more faith in the Saints, but the numbers are the numbers. If they do upset the Cowboys this weekend, which I do think, can you close your eyes and picture Sam Darnold going into Dallas and just kicking their ass? No, I mean, the question is, is Carolina's defense as good as some people think it is? Because well, right it now is, it's like a top five defense. Yeah, if it is, then it, then then this, this is a hell of a matchup, right? The Dallas offense against the Carolina defense. And I think that'll be the key. Like, if they win then they have to win the way you're talking about on defense. And then you're going to have to think like maybe this defense is actually legit because the Cowboys offense is for real legit. Yeah. But if the that's the case, and luckily not, the Cowboys aren't taking a spot. Like they're just going to win the, that's right. in the they're, East. Right. That's right. That's it. There's no wild card team out of that division. Well, if you're the Niners or Seattle, you want Carolina to lose this game, right? Exactly. <laughs> you want, I think all these wild card type teams, you need Carolina to lose. You need Carolina to go nine and eight or eight and nine. And I, to me, that's what they feel like when the dust settles. They're just gonna, it's going to be a little harder without McCaffrey. And I think at this point in time, harder to depend on him being around. And, and there, when you draft a guy top ten and he's an elite corner, once that guy disappears, like that is a big blow for you, right? He's taken away half. Like him and Sertain, part of the reason they went eight and nine, those guys were plug and play. I, I would lock down to me gets overused a little bit, but like. Top five corners in the NFL right away. Because really, besides Jalen Ramsey and Marlon Humphrey, there aren't that many good corners. So, like, those guys immediately are high-end corners. When you have a high-end corner, you just you basically just play half the field because that guy takes it away. That's what Jalen Ramsey does for and Marlon Humphrey do. As a corner, you know, unless you're Deion Sanders or Revis in his prime, you're going to mess up every once in a while. But for the most part, they don't even waste time throwing at you. So you're throwing to the other side, but it's like over, you know, they stack the other side with players. So I, you know, from the Niners standpoint, the Seattle standpoint, the Rams and Cardinals aren't even worried. You know, they're just focused on themselves. <laughs> That's what happens when you're undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> but the Niners-Seattle game are going to be keeping a peeking at that score. 100%. Because I, I think a lot like the Raiders where you watch them and you go, this is working. Carolina? So, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, like, when you look at the Raiders' schedule now, after you've watched them play three weeks, you go, um, okay, some of the games I thought they were going to lose, I think are now wins, or I think are more likely wins, right? Carolina at 4-0, in and of itself, I don't know what that means. But if 4-0 includes a good defensive effort against Dallas, then I got to take their defense seriously. And then it's like, can they be a 500 team the rest of the way? Obviously, it's not 500. But if they're sub 500, they win 10 games. If they're if they're four no, they can go six and seven and win 10 games. Right? Yeah. So I'm if like, they win, they I'd be I'd be really impressed if they go into Dallas and win. I, uh, same. I don't think they're going to, but you know, sometimes teams do things before you think they're ready, and then it shakes everything up, and that's what would happen if they beat the Cowboys. It's been Again, a lot. And of- it, it doesn't matter to Dallas. Yeah, it really doesn't. <laughs> You know, but and then you know, you you want to win your division by four or five games. You know, I mean, it does matter. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but I don't think it will turn out to matter. Maybe that's the better way to put it. I honestly kind of like Dallas to win this game by like ten. I I think we could have put this in our lock of the week. Like I I like Dallas a lot, um, as much as I can like Dallas because I don't fully trust Dallas. But yes, yeah, um, you know, and and then the other thing is there's not a wild card team in the NFC North, right? So well, actually, I take that back. I think the Vikings could be. Well, they got to win this game. Bears. No, I'm saying the Vikings need to beat the the Browns. You know, to like you, you start one and three. Like I'm sorry, but you're two and two. Then all of a sudden you look up. Are they like five and three? And yeah, with a little bit of a tiebreaker. Yeah, they get to play the Lions and the Bears. I mean, that could be four wins. Because <laughs> watching Minnesota, they are dramatically better than obviously Chicago, right? And Chicago's beaten them before. Like I don't see them beating them right now. Yeah. How about that game this week, by the way? The Bears game? Bears-Lions? That game's terrible. Give me the Lions. Yeah, I kind of like the Lions, too. They just, The Lions are due. Well, I mean, Nagy said he could have any of three quarterbacks playing. No one knows. Justin Fields got hurt. Hurt his hand. Yeah, I hope Foles plays. Yeah, I doubt it, but that would be funny. Uh, I, got a, I got a DM from somebody today that said uh, on Instagram, what would the Niners, should the Niners trade for Saquon? And uh, then I saw the story that Marlon Mack and the Colts have agreed to to seek a trade. Marlon Mack, who has five carries this year, John. He's so far down on the Colts' depth chart that they've agreed they'll try to find another place for him. Um, didn't play football last year. Has I don't know that he's played a full season. He's coming off an Achilles. And because he hasn't really played this year, I don't know if he's healthy. So it wouldn't take much. I mean, I don't think it would take much. But what do you think of a Marlon Mack to the 49ers for bodies in the running back room trade? Well, I think I'm not into trading for running backs once you have 7 million running backs. They just drafted two running backs. I know one of them's injured, but it's like you cannot draft a running back in the third and the sixth and then by the end of September have to trade for a running back. What if you trade a sixth? So you, you use two six round picks and a third round pick in five months on running backs. That I mean, John, we're in the nuts. we're in the fight now, and I got no running backs, right? Well, it's like fuck you, Kyle. You got to play the guys on your practice squad. To me, this one's on Kyle. Like you have to be willing. I love Kyle Uzcheck. You He's a fullback. Put the running back behind him and run your normal plays. Do not ask him to be a running back because he's the only guy you trust. I don't blame you for trusting Kyle, but you need to trust. And I don't even mean. Even if you don't trust him, you have to be willing to play these four guys. 
Carryon Johnson, the dude they claim from the Bengals, Sermon Moore. You just got to fucking play him and keep rotating him. Let a guy get hot. Those are your running backs. That's your group. You know, it it just, it sucks. It's not ideal, but it's a, it's the cards you're dealt. You're not trading for Marlon Mack coming off an Achilles. He's not worth a six round pick. Now, part of the reason he's not playing, like they're one of their best players, is Jonathan Taylor, who is just their bell cow running back. Yeah, and may, who knows? Maybe he's just not quite as fast. Marlon Mack, who was pretty good a couple years ago, was kind of this hybrid. Caught the ball really well. Was fast. I remember taking him in daily fantasy. I would imagine the Achilles. He's not like a slow physical back. He's really a guy in space. He's a quicker player. I wonder if that derailed his ability. It it is that would be a pretty expected thing to have happen. Yeah. Like to me, if he hadn't had an Achilles, I'd be open to trading for him. But I don't have like this is the reality of the situation. I don't want to trade a six round pick for Marlon Mack either, but this is the position you're in. You got to win games now and you need running backs. They have running backs, guy. Well, not ones they trust, clearly. However, he I, I cannot trade for a guy that I think A could be damaged goods or B could get hurt again. Yeah, and Marlon Mack, I would imagine he's in a contract year. So you're trading for a guy that you're not yeah, going to resign. He was, no, yeah, this is a contract year because he was a rookie in 17. Uh, yeah. Or they signed him in 17. Yeah, he's a UFA this year. It's okay. just you can't be doing business like that. The, the, the Niners have to be willing. To me, there's a difference in not trusting him. Can they, If the guy can't play, then yeah, it's like all the guys have that you have on your team can't play, then that's a personnel problem and that's a problem. But we don't even know if they can't play. I didn't see Carrion Johnson, who has been able to play in the past. I used to really like him when he was on the Lions. And this dude that they claimed from the Bengals. Now, the thing is with running backs, if you said like, hey, bro, you can't expect much of a, a, you know, a, a corner you claimed or a right tackle you claimed, I'd be like, yeah, that's true. Running backs, they get claimed and they play that week all the time. Let them play. Let them see. I, I uh, understand the, the running game is Kyle's baby, but like... Bro, you got to be willing to at least try some of these guys or you can't bitch and moan while you're not running the ball. Cody says, the only running back I'd accept is Matt Breida. <laughs> can't trade for him back. He's got four carries this year. Breida? Breida? Two games. Is he hurt? <sighs> Why? Well, I, from what I've read, the Dolphins, they've been down, so they've been throwing the ball. Their run game is pretty terrible because their offensive line can't block. He's on the Bills. Breida? Yeah. Oh, he's not on the Dolphins anymore? What football reference tells me. Maybe I'll play in fantasy this week. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. Just running backs, like unless you have a top guy, I wouldn't even trade for Saquon Barkley because there's no way they're giving him to you for like a fifth round pick. Which is what you'd want to trade, right? Yeah. And like, is he really that good? He was really good. But the guy I watch now for the hype is nowhere near what he once was. Sometimes injuries, that is the one position, right? Where guys have an injury and they're never the same. Because there is a lot of like... Except Mark Ingram. I think a lot of it goes into confidence. You know, you just... I got to make these cuts. I got to run over guys. It's really different. At least as a, as a wide receiver, you just kind of running it out. Well... As a running back, it can get in your head really fast. Yeah, because you get... If you're, you got, if you're a receiver, you're the third receiver on the field. The quarterback still might throw you the ball. You're a running back. You just... Nah, you're over here now. It's like, Coach, I was just getting hot. How many carries do you need to get hot as a running back? You're like, I don't know, eight carries. I think the best thing that could come out, come out of this, as painful as it looked last week, is you just might have to force the issue with 28. With, with specific, no, but specifically with him. Well, hand him the ball then. 
Yeah, well, what, well, they did last week. It didn't look good. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like, but they might have to. And so he might have the kind of freedom that you're talking about running backs don't usually get because normally they just, Kyle's got five guys. You don't get enough after three snaps, whatever, we're going to somebody else. And you don't see the next thing you know, you're, although you can play well, Jeff Wilson Jr. Throw, score three touchdowns and not see the field for another six weeks. Yeah, to me, it's a pretty simple coaching point. Trey, this is not the club. We don't dance. We get fucking downhill. Think Mount Everest, but you've already summited. You're coming back down. Go downhill. No dancing. This ain't the club. We do not dance in this scheme. They're, we don't need you to juke anybody <laughs> unless you're past the line of scrimmage. We do not shimmy and shake here. That is not what we do. And if you do that, the head coach, he loses his mind, and then he just throws use check back there, and he'll do that. <laughs> but it's like the, the moment I see him, if he's dancing early in that game, I'll just know, like, oh, this ain't going to work. That's a problem, so, but that's a personnel like, thing. It sounds like a great early hard knocks running back room coaches rant. This is not the club. Hey, no, no dancing. It, it, but it is, it is truly the run scheme where dancing is not allowed. Like, cause it, it's all their creases and the creases as you go. So you run right laterally. And the moment you see a crease, it's 100% down. Like when you run the power scheme, when you pull the guards, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, you get to kind of shimmy and shake and kind of pick in spots and then make a guy miss. That is not what running backs are asking this scheme. It's actually why so many running backs that look so terrible in the just normal offenses that most, I guess a lot of teams run the zone scheme now, but like historically the, what the Steelers and the Harbaugh brothers, like that type power run scheme, you get a guy that can't juke. They look terrible. But the the zone running scheme, you can be really stiff and just play downhill and just dominate. And I bet Trey Sermon's like, bro, I got moves. <laughs> I was like, got to go, man. You got to go. And part of going is like, well, sometimes you only get two yards, but sometimes if it's a weak arm tackle, maybe you break it and you get 10. That is, going back, we, we didn't laugh at it, but... I, I do think this guy was undervalued on his importance, and I do think the Mozart injury was fucking extreme. And they'd go, well, we had two running backs that we drafted ready to roll. Well, then the better version, who happened to be the six-round picks, already good. hurt. Yeah, he looked awesome. And Trey Sermon is feeling his way out, and he's the supposed to be, quote-unquote, he's not technically a blue chipper, but he was like the highly touted dude from college. Time is now. They need him uh, now. Yeah. You're right. I, I, I think the move is you hammer 28. Because once upon a time, and I'm not saying that, I mean, the Niners would do cartwheels for this guy to become a Kamar. He's, I, he doesn't have the same skill set, but you know what I mean. Kamara's, uh, Kareem Hunt. You can find third-round running backs, and then all of a sudden you look up at the end of the year, and they're one of the best players on a good team. So it's like, that's, I think the Niners probably thought, like, Trey Sermon's going to be a really good player for us. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, he doesn't even fit the scheme. It'd be a problem. Well, yeah, part of it was like, does he fit better with Trey Lance at quarterback? Well, mate, but that's that's not who he's playing with right now. Well, I understand, but do you can you put can you put Trey on the field early with him? Because you're and saying get, he's used to playing with running quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I would imagine a lot of the stuff they have when they watch Trey Sermon. Some of that is like, dude, if he's there next to Trey Lance, like we could do some cool stuff, right? With both of them getting outside. So maybe you run some of that stuff early, not for Trey Lance, but to get Trey Sermon going. Think who he lined up next to in college. Kyler Murray, like, Justin Fields. Like in second grade? Jalen Hurts. When it was when it was 
photo day and I didn't want to take the photo, they had my best friend Ben sit next to me. And if you look at my class photo, you can see Ben's shoulder in my class photo. Why you refused to sit down? I just didn't. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to take a photo. I don't want to take a class photo. You think you've always been a little tough to deal with? Yeah. Yeah. Counter culture. You, you tell me to zig, Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. And I fight it. You know, it's why I say things like Jay Cutler. I think he's got something. It's, you know, you think I, you just got to recognize why do I think the way I think and when am I doing something just to be defiant? Yeah. And um, that was one. And I think they had to call my grandpa to come to the school too. Maybe it might've been his idea to get Ben to sit next to me. Actually. Now that I think about it. One time I remember I wasn't faking. I thought I was sick. And my dad told me to stay at school. He said, go back here. <laughs> he showed up. They called him Pioneer Elementary, probably third or fourth grade. Wouldn't take wouldn't take me home. So I'm not doing it. I don't even what, what was that your, wouldn't even be allowed. Out? That would probably go on the internet now, cancel culture. My family might have been shut down. He said, No, I'm not taking him home. He kind of looked at me. He's like, I think he's fine. I don't even think you're allowed to talk like that anymore. Well, they, the, the teacher would be like, Fine. Well, uh, we don't want him. Take him with you. He's like, yeah, I just I, I just I think refused, I refused to sign the release. Everyone was just a little tougher back in like '92. You know, it wasn't as everyone wasn't as sensitive. Yeah, John, get back to class. Here's a milk. You know, go. <laughs> Here's a milk. It'll settle your stomach. <laughs> you probably thought like Dad's coming. I am. You started planning your afternoon. You know. Well, yeah, I was gonna go drink a soda and watch Price is Right at like 10 a.m. I didn't want to stay at school. I was over it for the day. Yeah, back when you used to just get a liter of co- being sick meant there was immediately a liter of Coke in the fridge. Well, also for me, I would sleep in my parents' bed, you know, big king size bed, and just watch TV. I mean, there were only three channels to watch. I can't now. It'd be a no brainer. Like stay at home. I got a lot. Stay at home. I'm sitting in the back of class, streaming YouTube on my phone with AirPods in. What difference does it make? That is true. It'd be hard to focus with the iPad open. What are you doing back there watching Game Pass? (laughs) I'm just checking in on uh, Russell. I mean, uh, Socrates. Uh, EKBZ says Sermon's 40 time was too slow for how high they drafted. Not a surprise. He's not an easy fit. Arian, just, Arian Foster was really slow. You just want him to go eight yards straight. You're not asking yeah. him to break 30-yard runs. Arian Foster wasn't that fast, and he was one of the best zone runners going. Top-end speed at running back is irrelevant. Uh, oh. Speaking of uh, being kids, Dre Eminem Snoop halftime show. You want to do the ads or you want to? Uh, I was going to do that. We got a couple other things to get to also afterwards. I was going to do on the back in there. I just want to mention that real quick. Did you have a big take on that? I think it's a risky move. <laughs> <laughs> just those guys, LA guys, especially I, Dre's pretty corporate, but Eminem has a little Haberman in him. Like, is he really just doing whatever you tell him to do? That's never been his thing. Snoop gives zero fucks about anything. He's going to be high as shit. There are, you know, it's mellow. Cool. It's the one thing going where truly 100 million people are all watching at the same time. I don't know what could really happen, like beside a swear word or whatever, but I'll be shocked. I will be stunned if something controversial might be strong, but just something happens that, you know, or like, whoa, <laughs> you know, probably Eminem would be the guy you would think, but Snoop Dogg would be my, uh, w- would be my wild card. Yeah, what I'm trying to find right now is when was the last tour Eminem went on? I haven't seen him in a while. Well, he's um, got, you, you know, his hair's brown now. He looks I, a little different. Does he kind of look like beard. Kevin James? Um, no, he's, he's still skinny. Still in good shape. Yeah. Um, I think he's like 50 years old. I just wonder if like Eminem's had some like, you know, he hasn't been on the stage in a while. If he's, 
been holding he's got some pent up uh pent up things to make a little splash. I'm not saying that he has something specific in mind, but just I saw this interview. <laughs> I don't know what I was watching the other night, but afterwards, Graham Benzinger interviewing Steve Aoki came on the TV. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, what's Steve Aoki have to say? And he said, there is no drug on earth that can get even close to the high I feel when I'm on stage. Sober, stone sober. When you look in the crowd and you see somebody crying because of the experience they're having, and I'm like, they're not stone sober. He's like, the connection that you have, there is nothing close to that high. And I'm just wondering, Eminem, you know, hasn't been on a stage. Again, maybe he went on tour two years ago and I missed it, but kind of like he's taking a hit of the drug after he hasn't had it for a while. Yeah, he's been he out of the loop. just be feeling it. He feels like he's been out of the loop for sure. Like H- Haberman on a Puesto Margarita yeah, at you 2 could... in the afternoon on, a, on an empty stomach. <laughs> yeah, you, you could probably just Eminem is probably going to be the star of the show. But I'm expecting something crazy to happen for sure. Especially the crowd. I guess they'll have a bunch of people on the field. They always do that, right? They bring people in to be up right next to them. It'll be cool. Now, yeah, I mean, rap, how sometimes rap, rap concerts, I, here's the thing, in concert rap isn't always very good. Well, how much of it is actually that? Yeah, it's... But Eminem's unique. Like, he can sound good live. To me, yeah. Dr. Dre, is he going to sound that Are great? Are you basing that know. off B-Rabbit? Or have you... Yeah, I mean, I've just I've seen enough on, like, YouTube that he'd be fine. He's talented enough. Well, his voice is sharp enough that it kind of cuts through. It's hard. Yeah, Snoop hasn't sound the same since, like, 2000. Like, he just doesn't sound like he did in his... I mean, Doggy Style is like one of the biggest rap albums of all time. He sounds dramatically different now. Now, might he just smoked so much it fucked with his lungs? But I'd be. You think he's going to come out and light up? You know, it's legal. I don't know why. Why wouldn't he? Snoop. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he doesn't have a joint in his mouth when he's on uh, stage. Boise State and Sandy. Boise State and San Diego State are staying in the Mountain West. Declined Big Twelve. And Air Force and Colorado State reportedly are going to go to the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe that story might be a couple days old. Someone just in the chat said that that Air Force and Colorado I saw Bo- State I saw Boise State. and San Diego State said no today. Yeah, they've got a little more. What are they hoping for? The Big Twelve? Maybe they just don't want to travel. Like, what does it even matter? Yeah, I mean, it's but then Air, Air Force and Colorado State. Is the Big 12 even going to exist? Probably not. Well, I mean, they added AAC schools. Who did? The Big 12. Who'd they add? Didn't they add like Cincinnati and three other teams? Isn't that why the AAC has holes? I don't know. Isn't the Big 12 expanding? I, I mean, to 12? Yeah. Well, they lost two. so they And they were 10. at 10. They were at 10, so they have eight now. Right. They need four. But they got four. I don't know. But yeah, Big 12 added Baylor, BYU, Central Florida, and Cincinnati. Baylor was already in the Big 12. Big 12 added, sorry, uh, BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston. That conference sucks. I mean, I just, you're a non-Power 5 now. That's the way I look at you. I don't don't even acknowledge you as a Power 5. You don't get to claim Power 5 with that. Yeah, I think the question for them will be, does Cincinnati beat Notre Dame this week? Does Cincinnati get to the playoff this year? And does Cincinnati take a step? 
and then represent them. Um, but big game this week. Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Yeah, it is. I'm I think Cincinnati's favored. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. No? They no. were at one point in time. I'd be a little surprised. I know. It I, sounds. Let's see here. I got it right here. I don't know. Dame is plus one and a half. Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, Cincinnati's favored by one and a half. At Notre Dame? At Notre Dame. That feels insane to me. I'm going to bet on Notre Dame. That's I think it's crazy. a good bet. That's insane. Uh, John, right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham. And what do you get? Free ground beef for life when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham gives you options to build boxes, curate boxes, get a bunch of different stuff delivered, chickens, ribeyes, bacon, you name it. You use our promo code right now, butcherbox.com slash ham. You will get with every box you order from here on out, free ground beef for life. Ground beef for life. Free ground beef for life. Free ground beef for life. For life. For life. (laughs) How do you beat that guy? I don't. I just don't think you do. Wild-caught lobster tail, uh, wild-caught Alaskan, Alaskan salmon, humanely-raised pork. The sugar-free bacon's fantastic. Free-range oh. organic chicken, 9 to 11 pounds of meat. Of your choosing in your box. It's very simple. You sign up. You choose your box. You delivery frequency. And then you choose what's in it. And then they ship your order, frozen at peak freshness, in 100% recyclable boxes. And shipping's always free. Great tasting. High-quality meat. Right to your door. Yep. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Free ground beef for life. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by sleepnumber.com slash ham. Right now, I could actually chat with a professional during this podcast. Sleepnumber.com slash ham, John. Do you know that right now you can save up to $900 on the Sleep Number 360 bet? You and I have had sleep number smart beds, beds now. 360 smart bed? 360 sleep number smart bed. $900 you can save. I mean, you can thank us later. You want to get a good night's sleep? You want to sleep with sleep number? Guy likes it rock hard. I like it a little softer. 30 and 60 are our, uh, are our numbers that we keep our beds at. Get a good night's sleep. It'll change your life. You'll be more productive. You will dominate your competition and get a cheaper bed because of us. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's right. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Limited time only. Uh, the, the, uh, the, what am I trying to say? The subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. That's what I was trying to say. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. It's not always smooth, John, but this is how the bacon gets made. John, the, the, the bacon gets chopped back here. Uh, Lane, what bigger, bigger rivalry game this week? Lane Kiffin versus Alabama and Nick Saban. Or Hawaii and Fresno State battling for the Golden Screwdriver? Uh, I would say that historically, I bet Hawaii and Fresno State have played in crazier games than... I know Nick did get upset several years ago, remember, by Hugh Freeze. They they had, they threw a bunch of bombs, and the, they just beat him. I think Treadwell was on that team. I forget, oh. maybe uh, Chad Kelly, I think, was the quarterback. Yeah. So, I you know, I would say Fresno State, Hawaii, just because the game is probably consistently a little... A little closer, but we'd have to do a deep dive. Ten and a half is the one. Though. I do think that Alabama, Lane Kiffin, is that is great television. I can't wait. I Saban's going to lose to one of his underlings, whether, you know, Jimbo, not this year, but a Jimbo, a Lane, a Kirby, one of these days. 
it's going to happen. You know that stat they always show during whenever he's playing a guy that's worked for him, and he's like, 23-0, 24. It just grows every year because he doesn't lose to them. Uh, it's going to happen. If it happens to Lane, I is like I told you before the podcast, like would LSU offer Lane the job this offseason? You know, I mean, they might need to offer him the job even if he doesn't beat Nick, right? If he just kind of goes, to, even if he doesn't go toe to toe with them, because yeah, if he goes ten and two and just can't beat them, it's like, well, we got better players here. But you're, you're right. Really if he beats close. Nick, he just rockets to the, he. He's already on short list. But like, if he beats Nick, can USC can the can the conversation about USC keep ignoring him, or is that just a non-starter? Can you never go back to that? But yeah, I I mean, I saw Wilner people like it's not happening the USC thing. Yeah. Which I, I I would sniff around. I, I would honestly, too. But what's your list? You know, do you think if Lane, do you think if Lane if they called him right now said Lane here's the contract you want to be the head coach of USC five year deal he would one hundred percent take it. You know I don't know, but I I think I I think the beauty of being in that position if he were in that position is that you would know all of the things because you have leverage that you would need to demand. So you could say yes, I will take that job. But here are five things that you guys didn't let me do last time. Or here are here are three people who got in my way last time that this contract, I, I will bar the door. They are not allowed in my office, right? Like, if you're him, you just will know all of the things that prevented you from succeeding last time. You'll have an intimate knowledge, and you are negotiating now from a place of strength. It would – his life's already been changed once he went with Nick. And I think his perception is clearly dramatically different. I know Will Bond called him a clown. And I, I think you could say that with a straight face a decade ago. I do think the lane that I consistently see now, people mature. Like, I, people do grow. You know, some people grow a lot in their 40s. Some people grow a lot, a lot of chicks, like when they're really young, they're really mature. Us guys, like, we all mature at different ages. Some of us in our 20s. Some of us are locked in at, like, 15. Other people don't mature to, like, 48. Lane Kiffin, for whatever, you know, he feels like the last four or five years, he's a different human being. I I would love to see him beat Nick one of these years while he's at Ole Miss. I think that would be really, really cool. And it would change his life. Like, it would put him in a deal where he would be, I think he would then be immediately on a short list of top coaches in America. Yeah. And, and you could argue like, he's already kind of, yeah, headed that but way. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I think he's on a shorter list now, but it would put him... Because it wouldn't be flashing, and people would say, "Yes, this is the result of something that's been bubbling and brewing and slowly building, right?" Like he has done this in a slow and steady fashion. After it felt like he had cut the line the first time around. Do you watch him and think he's a different guy now than he was a decade ago? Yeah, I just watch him and think he's very he he understands. I don't know that he understood the perception early in his career. Um, you know, and I think he, I don't know this, but my guess is he probably thought, I know what it takes and this is going to be easy for me. But coaching football is a lot more than just drawing up sweet plays. And, you know, you manage a lot of people, so you have to manage yourself well. And I think he does a very good, like, you go back to the, yeah, I think the whole thing. Yes. That's a long answer, but yes. Yeah. I think he's got I, it figured out. I'm rooting for him. I think he's entering his prime. I, I, I agree. So. And he's got, well, I mean, one thing he has going for him right now, I know it, technically the odds, like he is the Heisman favorite, Matt Corral. Like he he might just have the best quarterback in the country. And their offense is pretty unreal. I mean, they were yeah. good. Remember last year against Alabama, they scored a bunch of points. We bet on Alabama to cover like 20. It wasn't, I mean, it was never, it was just touchdown, 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 touchdown. So it was always like a seven point game. 
Alabama yeah. just outlasted them. Maybe I, I forget what the final score was like ten points, but Lincoln, I know what the, I know what the Lincoln score was. was anybody. I think it was like seventeen or eighteen. We took it, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe I, no. I think it was, I like, it was like twenty-two like and a half. Yeah, you're right. It was it huge, was humongous. That was dumb. and it was clear early, like that's eh, ain't happening. Yeah. So, you watched Cheers last night on a on a Wednesday night, looking for something to watch. Why well, just two nights ago? I watched the season finale. I don't know how I stumbled upon this, oh, but someone was talking Tuesday. about it, and I googled the final episode that. 40% of America watched the season finale. I think 93 million people. I mean, it was just stupid. I was like, that is pretty crazy how many people shared in that experience in America, you know, in 1993. 40% of America sitting there watching it at the time. That's crazy. And then it hit me. When we were growing up, whether it was like Friday night with Family Matters, you know, and, uh, and uh, what was the other show? It was Family Matters and Full House or whether it was Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, there were shows for kids that were funny, but your parents could watch them too. And then there were several sitcoms, whether it was Cheers, before that it was MASH, and then it was Seinfeld came along. And a, a large percentage of America all watched the show, and they were all funny, and they were all light. I just wonder, have we lost a little communal fun? And everyone, and again, like when I go out in society, everyone's nice and friendly, so I hate social media is so fake. Like when I go every, I, I went to the gym today, said hi to eight people and everyone was in good mood, you know? So I, I don't try to act like everyone's miserable. Cause you look at social media, everyone's miserable, <clears throat> but most people like you go get pick up lunch. Like, Hey, how you doing? Even people. Yeah, I heard, know. I remember a few months ago, I heard Rogan say like, I moved to Austin. My neighbors, they waved to me now. I never got that in California. I'm like, okay, bullshit. But you're right. That might happen. I do think in LA and San well, Francisco. I, I also think what neighborhood do you live in? <clears throat> yeah. Can your neighbor even see you? I mean, if you're you in a twenty million dollar house. He's never out there mowing the lawn. Yeah. So I think you're. I think you make a good point. I don't even think it has to be funny shows though, because I would say this. I you think, think if now, you live next to like Leo or Tiger, you're like, yeah, I just ran into Leo out. To, we were just taking out the trash. We started bullshitting for twenty minutes on the Niners. You know, <laughs> it's like Leo's not. got somewhere to be. He's not. He's got seven other homes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's not just about comedy. I think it's about what you. The other thing you said, which is the shared experience. So much of TV is about binging now. Well, th just think about it in the context of alcohol. Like binging and having a drink are two very different things socially, right? You hang out with somebody who's binge drinking. That's a very different social experience than having a few drinks with somebody. Because I would you I would use this as an example. Game of Thrones. I didn't really watch the, I didn't watch the show at all. I probably watched an episode. I never got into it. It's not a comedy, but it's also was not a bingeable show, right? It was. You had Sunday nights yeah. at this time, and that created a communal experience. And people love people. Like, there were like micro economies built around Game of Thrones, right? And I think that's a part of it too. Is like in the VR world, they're trying to create like headsets that make it seem like you're sitting courtside. Courtside's awesome. We'd all love to sit courtside. Mm -hmm. But the point of watching sports is not necessarily to get as close to the floor as possible or as close to the field as possible. It's just about being there with people and enjoying it together. That is what games have that your couch with I'm wearing a headset, pretending like I'm courtside doesn't have. How do you share the experience? Well, what do you think most people, let's say a lot of people in Wisconsin, they'd never been to a golf event and they went to the Ryder cup. Do you think they've been raving to their friends all week long? How sweet it was, how much fun it was to have drinks and everyone draped in the flag. They're like, it was just badass. 
Yeah. There's a unity a element. energy to that Yeah, event. it's just fun. Like uh, things you always brag to your friends about over your life are when you go to an event and the event lives up to the hype and all those people at the event tell all the people how much fun it was. Yeah. Which is one thing we really lost into. Like, it's pretty clear sports suck without fans. We did it because we had to do it, but we're never looking back and we're never going back. Like, that's not, it's not possible. Like, sports don't function without them. It is a dramatically less of an experience. Like, it, we lost them and now we got them back and it's clear, right? Like, it's it's hard to watch without them. I can't watch it. Like, I, I was like, I, I remember watching baseball. I mean, John, we didn't year. need the pandemic to tell us that. If you've, you know, a 2,000 people on a Tuesday night, you know that, right? You're saying if you turn on the A's? I'm saying if you went to a baseball game, if you ever went to a, like, yeah, like an A's Tuesday game, you went, this is not the same. It sucks. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot like, uh, uh, you know, everything is, is, and we're part of it, right? We do this content and we're, if you come to us, then it's a niche that you chose and whatever. Um, you want your niche to be big. It's more people. But um, everything is so a la carte that you don't, it's harder to get people to try something they wouldn't necessarily try otherwise, right? Like it's the difference between, if you have a party, do you let people choose their own seats? Or some people like sometimes in school, right? You assign seats to get two people sitting next to each other that wouldn't otherwise sit next to each other and try to create an experience that you wouldn't choose for yourself. If given the choice, most of us, we just sit on the couch, eat. If I could just choose whatever I want to eat, I would just eat hamburgers all the time. But you don't, you go to somebody, if you've ever been to somebody, somebody's house for dinner where you don't, there's no like, you know what? I think I'll have, um, not a big fan of shrimp. It's like, well, if that's what they were serving, that's just what you ate, unless you had a, a, a shellfish allergy, right? But we don't have that. You just call your friend directly. You never talk to their mom. Or no. at our you never talk to anybody else. You just never, their kid never answers the phone, right? No. Well, the, the kids, like my child, especially if I have a boy, will never have the experience of picking up the phone calling a girl's house at 15 years old and praying to God, their father, mother is not as bad, but even that's a little awkward. You'll never have to do that. That's right. Ever. Or you, trying to call it like 11 PM at night and hoping they pick up. No, you, just go, you just go direct. It's a text. It's, not even a it's, call. In, it's incredible. I it's got in trouble for text messages in 2002 that when they were 10 cents a text, and the bill hey, was $700. One, one other thing we got, we got, you and I have some other stuff to get to, but um, uh, you tweeted about this. And I, and I think we should mention this. We, you know, we joke, but we're serious when we talk about blue collar and grinding, whatever. We understand we're not working with hot tar in 118 degree heat here. But um, Marcus Simeon, you and I saw it because we used to watch it all the time at the A's games. I used to be out there every day. You'd come out there a lot. Uh, he worked as hard as I've ever seen anybody work at the major league level at a thing because he was really bad at playing shortstop. And Ron terrible. Washington I mean, was would go terrible. out there. Wash would smoke a cigarette in the dugout. I saw it. I was at Fenway one time. I walk in the dugout, Wash smoking a cigarette, just waiting on Marcus Simeon. Because Wash was always there, even before. Wash was always there early. But Simeon would do these drills that major leaguers don't do. Major leaguers don't sit on their knees with the little glove that doesn't have a web in it. It's just a hard, you have to use two hands and just take short hops out for, for day after day after day after day after day after day. He was an awful shortstop, John. Like every yeah. time he threw the ball, it was like, we had, gonna, he, he had an error every game. It felt what, like. How many errors did he have? His, I, I want to say it was like. He might have led baseball. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, he did. I my my In my head, I want to say 44, but that number is way too high. Did he just but, set the record? Is he, he plays second base now for the for the Blue Jays? Yeah, so that's, he's, he hit the most home runs for a second baseman in the season because he's a second baseman right now. So the Blue Jays now have multiple guys that came from the A's that had historic seasons. Donaldson won an MVP. This guy, 
how much money did Marcus Simeon make this year? Right? Because he went there for a year. It didn't go that well. And then he came back on a one-year deal, and now he's about to cash in. Yeah, I said, uh, he committed 35 errors that first year. Is that yeah. high? That's a lot of errors, John. Yeah. Shockingly, it actually didn't lead baseball in errors. Chuck Knobloch? Uh, he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, incredible accomplishment. I mean, I got nothing but respect. Easy guy to root for. His dad, remember, used to call into our show. Yeah. But again, we used to go, if we had we had a radio show at 10 a.m., so if we got there at 8 a.m., the baseball game wasn't starting till 1. So these guys, I mean, most guys didn't show up till probably 10. He was there often at like 8.30 out there on an empty, you know, baseball diamond by himself with Ron Washington. And he could always hit. That's why he was in the lineup. But now he can really hit. I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, he's is he going to get like $200 million this offseason? Um, 100? It's a good question. I don't know. I, what is, I, I have not really thought about how many years he would get. I mean, he's 31. 31. Is that what he yeah, is? 31. 31. Yeah, I don't know. Five for... That's a good question. I, I have not even really looked at any contract projections. Have you are you looking at one? No, I was looking at his wife. She was a volleyball player at Cal. At Cal? Yeah. Well, I mean, she was. No. Everyone that I've I mean, I've talked to him several times over the years, but I don't even he wouldn't know me from some other guy with hair. But uh, I mean, everyone loves him. Yeah. Like beloved. He's got a root for. Yeah. So. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Low Neil. Congratulations to you. You almost made it to the end of the week. Go have a Tito's. You made it. We did it, people. We did All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging. Adios. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.